How you doing, Shane? Mike, I've been fucking better. <laughs> I uh, I can't get a New York ID. I know that's very irrelevant to our intro today, but the bureaucracy of having to go to the DMV four times and the bank three times, and I can't get a bank statement for 30, 30 days. days. The woman doesn't even have the ability in-house to like pr- to it was print something and send it to you like it doesn't exist so i literally went to the post office mailed myself an empty letter and and the guy at the post office was like well if you haven't changed your address with the dmv there's a chance this isn't even going to make it to you and it's just this circle jerk wait what if it's if, if it's addressed to you they don't deliver to the address they deliver based on name and if that sounds like bullshit to me that's what I thought, but office? I didn't want to argue with a 50-year-old yeah, white no, man at the post office. <laughs> I also got my insurance card, and that was sent to me with my address on it, but it doesn't have postage on it. That that was my entire morning, and I was like, Are you? the guy at the DMV was like, I'm so sorry that you're back again, and I was like, yeah, me too. Insane. So how are you doing, Mike? I've been better. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Active Listeners with Mike and Shane. Each week we interview guests about their goals and expectations as artists, their artistic expression, and the all-around nature of the artist's lifestyle. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is there a de facto artist lifestyle? Well, that's one of the things we try to uncover. Performers, visual artists, and musicians, Mike and I would like to talk to you about what you do, why you do it, and what that art means for your community. Please follow Active Listeners on Facebook or the Twitters and join in on the conversation. Peace. And welcome to Active Listeners Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Shane. And today we are going to speak with... John Sumter. John Sumter works with the Creative Connections Clubhouse and the Wishful Thinking Foundation of Amsterdam, New York. So we're going to talk about that and his work with community outreach. Yeah, I actually was lucky enough to have a meeting with him a couple days ago because... He's doing the type of work that I kind of want to do. I want to get back into the community that I'm from because he's working out of Amsterdam currently. That's my hometown, for those of you who give a shit. And (laughs) coming back to New York, I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do in New York? I hate New York. I hate everything about it. And I realized that was the wrong mentality. I found out that Amsterdam had some arts coalition stuff going on, and I tapped in there. And he's just a really cool dude. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to speaking with him, specifically talking about his work because I think we mentioned this before. The through line for our for our episodes recently has been community, and we've looked at it in a very singular way, uh, specifically the arts community. And yes, technically that's what we do here. We talk about the arts. That's all we ever do. That's all we ever do. Well, that and D and D. But it, I think it's going to be good to speak with someone that while the programs that he offers offer art programs, that's only part of what they do and um, a big part of where they want to go. So it'll be great to talk about that. Shane, do you have any history with community outreach programs, maybe as an adult or as a child? As an adult, I did a little bit of work with some boys and girls clubs and I was a big brother. For a little while and oh yeah i remember boy, that. Was, 
yeah, I was not mature enough for that job. <laughs> I remember thinking that when you told me. <laughs> wow, fuck you too. <laughs> but it's true. I I was not at a stable enough mentality at that point in my life to even know how to talk to someone that was in high school. I hated kids when I was a kid, <laughs> and I was only just in my 20s at that point. So I didn't really like the kids I was working with, and that's, you know, hopefully no one listens to this that I used to work with, <laughs> but I got fired from that job, and it wasn't because I was necessarily bad at it, but I wasn't great at it. But also, in my defense, they literally gave me the most difficult child they had ever had. <laughs> I mean, some kids are are just difficult, you know, and they come from difficult situations, and makes things more difficult. And yeah, I, I was blaming the children for the situations they were coming at me with. Like, just grow up, deal with it. I had to. And that's mm -hmm. not helpful. It's about sure. offering opportunities and conversations. And I know that now. And I really actually love engaging in this type of work now. I think I think it's important to lead with honesty, but also uh, to maybe deliver that honesty with care, you know, because in a way you're kind of right. Like no one is out here in the real world waiting to help you. And it's difficult to, to walk that balance between relying on a community and also relying on yourself. I think that's always something that I myself as a, as a young person was always wrestling with was like, okay, well, you know, how much of this is, do I just need to kind of keep my head down and get through, you know, in hopes of better times ahead? And how much of this is, no, I really need help. Um, and, you know, as a young person, you're, you're, you're not very good at deciding when you really need help. Pretty actively against it at times. <laughs> I, I guess I did like youth group type stuff, which, which in a way, um, I think helped to facilitate my my moving into a different space to get the same kind of result. Religion, you know, I've never really jived all that well with it. So when in in that atmosphere for me, it, I it was easy for me to dismiss everything as just like this is control. <laughs> sure, it's that rage against the machine, fight the power yeah, kind yeah, of mentality. Yeah, yeah. Because it was tied to, you know, a system of, in my opinion at the time, it was like a system of control, a system of trying to, you know, brainwash me or whatever. And, and honestly, um, not to completely dismiss that frame of reference for you, because a lot of those programs, while maybe intentionally created to be beneficial, were a bit brainwashy. You know, my brain instantly goes to dare and oh, that God stupid dare. fucking dog. You know what I mean? And a stupid song. I, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show before, but I've read my dare essay. Do you still have that essay? <laughs> Does your mom still have that I do essay? Not, no. Oh, probably not. No, she kept art. She didn't keep. I wish you would. My writing, would. <laughs> which is probably why I'm not a writer. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Back to John a bit forcefully because I want to. <laughs> he is. I consent. <laughs> he is probably one of the first guests that we've had that is going to be able to talk about their community work from a non-actor perspective. And I know so much of my work has been theatrical for my entire life. Oh, yeah. When it comes to 
helping and helping a community, my brain is instantly like, how can I put theater in your life? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what got me, but that's not what's going to get every kid. Exactly. And I don't always see that. It was really good to meet with John last week to get his perspective on the things that students and kids actually want to do. And we're going to get into that conversation. So if you would just like, share, visit our Patreon, all those good things. Tell your friends. Tell your friends um, that you listen to these two dummies that think they know what they're talking about. I mean, it might help, though. You know what? Like, maybe we should, like, start soliciting haters. You think you can do this better? Tell us about it, haters. No. Um, We'd love you all. That's not true. I know that you want to end on a happy note because that's usually what I try to have you do, but we do not love all of you. I mean, I don't know all of you. I guess it's fair. Yes, that's the reason. Yeah, all this is getting cut out. (laughs) So, right after the jump, we will be discussing community outreach with John Sumter. All right, and welcome back, listeners. Our guest today is John Sumter, who is the Assistant Coordinator of Creative Connections Clubhouse in Amsterdam, New York, my hometown. Shout out. Also is the Vice President of Wishful Thinking Foundation. So, uh, John, go ahead, do us a favor, introduce yourself, talk about either of those things, let us know your pronouns, and give us a fact about yourself, fun or not. I don't really care. Hi, my name is John Sumter. I, uh... I live in Amsterdam, New York. I work for Creative Connections Clubhouse, which was one of the first clubhouses open in the state. I had the opportunity to, to work here for the past five years and help develop programs and bring teams and community and family together through an array of activities and, you know, and amenities like just, you know, a music studio and a kitchen where we serve food during the week, clothing closet, barbershop. It's just a place for youth to come and, and have a good time or be there home away from home. A place where people can, where children can grow and be observed by responsible mentors and give them some guidance. I just think it's a great place for them. Wishful Thinking Foundation is prior endeavor that I started with a group of friends in Amsterdam, and it was it started after the murder of two teens, and we thought it was something that was important for us to do, was kind of step up and do extracurricular activities like basketball, team building, getting involved in the schools. It's kind of like the the, the prequel to where, you know, the clubhouse is. Uh, I had an opportunity to be involved with that past eight years, running summer basketball leagues, keeping uh, teens off the streets during the weekdays, helping bring community together, giving people something to do. A lot of, a lot of youth that grew and, and went on uh, to colleges, you know, they're probably 20, 25, you know, between that age group. We're, we're going strong. For the last nine years running summer league and it's just a staple in our community and people from all over come to play and we credit ourselves with being a safe place for for kids to play ball and just be kids and not worry about all the other extra things that go on and it's and it's accepted that culture is accepted around the park when we have events and, and things they know what it's about i identify as uh him fun fact is i played college ball at uh 30 years old okay fmcc it's community college but you know for me, that's college basketball, uh, something that I didn't miss out on. And I can credit myself saying I'm, I play basketball in college. Yeah, man. Yo, all that sounds real dope. I mean, as, I grew up it. in Schenectady. And so I know, you know, how it can be growing up in, in some of the post-industrial yeah. cities around here. And like, that's, that's a beautiful, it's beautiful work that you're doing, man. Appreciate it. 
I'm in, I'm really interested in uh I mean in everything basically you brought up. But let's start with the clubhouse. Now you mentioned it's the longest, it's like the the oldest clubhouse in the state. It's the first. So we're the, I mean we're the first to open um back in 2016. Uh, we have over 12 now throughout the state. Oh, okay, so it's like a it's a wide-reaching program. Oh, wow. Yes, and you know, awesome programs in different areas, you know, in Oneana you have it, you have it in the Bronx, Yonkers, uh, all the way upstate we have it so it's it's something special in each area of the state out in buffalo they have it and each program is unique to its you know particular mm-hmm. area but it's supported by new york uh, i think it's something that is without it now looking back you know what 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 if we didn't have this opportunity for communities to have something like this i mean we raised a lot of children just by being involved in their lives past five years I mean, if you think about it those 11th graders and 12th graders are now you know in their you know, twenties, they come back and check in. It's it's like a family thing. It's it's a safe place. You know, if you need something or you need someone to talk to, you can always stop in. We're, you know, we're a drop-in center. You know, we service up to age twenty-one, but it's really bigger than that because we're a staple in the in the community of Amsterdam, in an area that's you know you know highly needed. You know, it's a, it's a tough area. Maybe not compared to other cities, but tough's not always about violence. It's about necessities. It's about you know, it's about how your community is set up, you know, those type of things. That's what tough is. Yeah. Tough is, you know, just not having the basic needs to survive. So we try to provide, you know, a, a solid rock for young teens and young adults that, you know, to know the services are there and the ones that utilize it. You know, if we go places, went to the Basketball Hall of Fame a couple of weeks ago, we go to outings. We go, uh, you know, Cooperstown, went to the Keith Herring art exhibit, taking members to places they never seen where they can open their eyes and maybe be inspired by something they've seen that's new. Try to tell them, you know. Taking that time to expose them to things they may have never had the opportunity to see Exactly. Before. Hiking, nature. I kind of have a question for you about this this first clubhouse thing. Um, so, so what's the difference um, between being like a clubhouse or being a, a YMCA or a, a boys and girls club? What, what makes what you do the first of... Uh, your kind in the state because we're a drug prevention clubhouse so we provide services uh and activities to prevent our youth from indulging in that particular field it's a lot of peer pressure as teenagers and the culture and things like that and providing a safe place where we can prevent and educate on the dangers you know sometimes idle time is the devil's playground and when youth are not busy they can indulge in things that are not beneficial i, yeah. I believe <laughs> keeping youth busy and involved in activities, whether it's sports, music, arts, just something, find something that you can express yourself in. You know, we try to teach that and it's okay to try something new and different. A lot of those groups that Shane brought up in comparison, they will stop. You don't have the option to go back after you're out of school and, you know, out on, out on your own as a young adult. So I think that's, that's really yeah. key. Cause I know a lot of kids, they get out of high school and even if, you know, they avoided all the problems and the troubles, well, now, you know, they're on their own. And that can be a lot of pressure, too. Yes. So you're kind of creating a multi-generational place, community. That's cool. Think about it. Some some parents are unable to teach their, even the young adults, sometimes the proper way to send an email or, yeah. you know, maybe help them with some computer, you know, knowledge. But we can help. We provide that. We have we have staff that, you know, you know help problem solve those things to help barriers. But sometimes teams will just quit. Mm-hmm. They'll give up on something if they don't know. Mm-hmm. And showing them how to overcome boundaries and do what you need to do to be successful for it. And there's some that don't want to hear it and they walk away. Yeah. But eventually some come back and it's okay. 
I was going to say that that's what you mentioned during, because you and I had a meeting uh, a couple of days ago to talk about how I might personally be able to, you know, get myself involved Absolutely. in the Creative Connection Clubhouse and possibly get Will Kemp's players. Mike Lake is also a, a co-owner of that okay. company. What about, what is this uh, wishful thinking foundation? What is, what is that? You mentioned to two teens who were, who were killed and that's sort of what was the catalyst for, for this foundation. What is, what is that and kind of what does it mean? Uh, wishful thinking foundation. Um, it was honestly, it was started by one of the co-founders. The name was inspired and the mission uh, was, was focused on the situation that, that he was going through. I'm not going to speak on it, but turned into it becoming the name of our foundation. You know, one of the individuals that was murdered was his cousin. Mm -hmm. And that hit close to home for him and another co-founder, which is, uh, you know, Calvin Martin, Casey Martin, and TJ Seske. You know, together we, you know, work together to make this, you know, a community staple. And when the, when the murders happened, uh, it just brought the community closer, gave support, allowed us to be able to, you know, do sports and activities. We helped, you know, renovate a, a, a gym school by raising money through Zumbathons and basketball, partnering with the city on that in the school district. You know, we, this is maybe eight years ago to, you know, playing, in our, playing our winter basketball games there. And we provide basketball for players that don't play on the teams and things like that keep our youth busy and off the street. Mm -hmm. That's very important, very important thing for us. And to provide those relationships, you know, those, those, those games provide a lot of time, you know, to spend with, with teens and overcome some emotional things from playing. The sports teaches you a lot. That's why I like sports. It can help you overcome some issues in life by just playing in the game, how you, how you handle the situation. And I love to use those moments as teaching points for some of the players, you know, that maybe could be on a basketball team, but maybe emotionally can't, or they just can't play, you know, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's all love, man. We have fun and uh, we stick together and it's just, you know, good times. It's fun watching guys play together and laugh. Parents come in and watch, support of the, of the community come together by just playing the game of ball. Team building, literally, you know, when you're talking about sports, is just, it's so key to life skills, you know, like going on to, get jobs when you're, you know, on team-based projects or, you know, starting your own thing, like, like you, you know, you guys did. Um, yeah, it's really important. I think it's, it's cool that you're teaching these kids like those skills. What would you say is the most challenging part of that job or challenging part of what you do? I think some of the challenging parts of one working in the community you live is that you know, you're always working mm. something about the community or something, you know, if I go, get gas, things like that. So it's, it's, you're always on. Yeah, it is rewarding help. It's rewarding to, to provide for the community. But it's also, you know, very important um, for self-care. And I've been learning that over the years, working in the community, taking those vacations and taking a break, going in the woods and reading and doing things to, to better yourself is important because you're always working. That was going to be my question on like self-care and on always having to to be in the public eye and always always being on be on in that sense. Uh, what are those things? Yeah. What are those things that you do to recharge your own battery? What are those things that you do to make sure that you're at the level you want to be at so you can what it sounds like help all of these other people in your community? Relaxing uh, on the days that I need to taking a break, going and doing nothing on a day, on the weekend, just to recharge, cut my phone off, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, you got to disconnect. That's key. You, you know, you got to cut from off all electronic sources. You know? People get mad because if they text me, I might not text them back for a while. I'm not a, drawn to my phone to every notification. I make sure notifications are off unless needed to be on because you can answer everything. You Always. can answer an update on CNN or an update on Twitter every two minutes. I don't like that. So I try to stay away from, from that and recharge and do things I like. Exercise, enjoy hanging out with my dog, you know, simple things. Well, give us the lowdown on the dog. Come on. Don't leave us hanging. My dog, Jock, is a, is a Chorky. I got him. Uh, he was, I got him the day after Halloween, seven months old uh, when I got him. Cute little <laughs> gold looking dog. Love him, man. My partner. And it's therapeutic too, man. I never had an animal. Sure. And I think during COVID, it allowed me to get one. Because during COVID, I was, you know, I didn't really stop working. I was busy, man. I imagine probably busier. <laughs> we were handed food out as, you know, as an organization and supplies in the beginning of, of the uh, COVID. You know, we helped with lunches with the school, handing out laptops to make sure kids could start remote learning. Uh, you're talking about extracurricular activities that you that you do, and you're talking about basketball and arts and bringing in programs. Yep. You know what? I haven't really talked about the arts either. So we also we wish we'll make a foundation. Excuse me. This is your interview. <laughs> That's true. We, we do the Color My City project and we partner with the city uh, Department of Recreation, which allowed us to, you know, do a bunch of murals around the city of Amsterdam. Uh, we have some in, in the Division Street Guy Park um, area park. We have a mural outside of the uh, Wishful Thinking. I mean, excuse me, Creative Connections Clubhouse. And there's one inside as well. Correct? Yes, we have a mural inside uh, that was done by dope artist uh and uh here i yeah mike that's the here I am. that's the one i sent you that was spray. that was oh, spray okay. painting too man he took two weeks on that that wow. was spray. that was spray painting yep awesome awesome huh. job man uh we have a mural uh we did basketball court in the back of our uh clubhouse which is you know it's a bunch of different uh designs that we got through our through our art contest we did with the high school so we partnered with the high school and did a contest with the art classes. Yeah, for me, that's that's the only way to do it. If you're going to do any sort of art, include the kids. Kids want to do that type of contribution to their community. You know what I mean? I, I always find that a, a younger audience tends to fall into this trap of, well, I don't know what I can do because I'm not allowed to do anything. And once you give them that agency, once you give them that opportunity, it's true. They're just going to continue to do it. You you foster this sort of behavior and this truth in them that they want to continue to do that kind of work. It, we're just going to praise you this whole interview. No, nah, man, we don't need to do that. You know, there's more work to be done. Um, I can't say enough about the support from the city, uh, people in the community, um, the respect that the young individuals have towards the program or, or what we bring to the table and try to make happen uh, and it just brings momentum to like you know Amsterdam changing into a better city all around because if you change the morale in the future remember the children are the future hell yeah oh yeah and what you give them what you're gonna you know what you're gonna get back out of it whatever you put in the soil you're gonna get back so if you're the the extracurricular extracurricular activities that you do that's a hard one I know <laughs> what are what are the what are your favorites what are the ones that you really love to do and then what are the ones that you still think need some need some work need some development uh i love doing the basketball programming um i think COVID really didn't help you know we had a year off uh getting back in the swing of things was was difficult uh we fundraised to 
renovate a, a city basketball court over the summer and it rained 28 days. Oof. So that added yeah. to the, it added to the, you know, the inability to do the league where we wanted to play, which was at Vets Field. So we ended up playing, you know, at Amsterdam High School and we're grateful for that. But I like doing basketball. Um, I really want music to take off. I want to have unity and music out here. I think we have a special city and we have some really talented artists out here all around and all genres. And I think, you know, if individuals work together and come out of the same city, they can make a difference and represent, take some pride. And then, you know, you get to put Amsterdam on the map as a music haven. You know what I mean? That's, you know, you dope. it's the way of thinking, you know, it's not where you're from is where you at. So, you know, I'm a believer in that. So you're setting up some studios. That's that sounds cool. Well, we have a studio at the clubhouse. We've been working, you know, with we're working with tracks uh, program out of New York road recovery. Uh, we have a, a awesome uh, director and Ben Blair doing some work and getting youth involved. They actually have like a final show next week and they have uh, not run DMC. I think DMC. OK, uh, I don't know. You know, that was before my time, <laughs> but I respect run DMC. <laughs> So, yeah, they're going to be involved. But there's just a lot of artists out there, a lot of guys that want to make it, but they don't know how to do it. It's a lot of, a lot of, lot of uh, TikTok musicians making it right now. So maybe, maybe no, that's right? the way. Maybe that's the way. SoundCloud, crazy. you know. Um, SoundCloud, that was like 10 years ago. I mean, it's still a thing, Shane. Come so on. was MySpace. MySpace, that's way <laughs> back. Way, way back. Uh, <laughs> Did you have a MySpace in, in the day, John? No, I didn't have the opportunity to get that, man. I, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't around when that when MySpace came around. I was, uh, you know, I was incarcerated as a young, older teen. Uh-huh. You know, I did about five years in New York State. I don't, I don't brag about it. It's, I think it was a life lesson. Sure. I learned a lot, seen a lot. I watched individuals that are never coming home. Just wish they had an opportunity. It was a lot of a lot of learning and growth for me, and knowing that you know you could be there and stay there forever. Yeah. And I don't like that feeling. It's almost like it was designed that way. Exactly. And, um, you know, seeing young, younger guys out here, I don't want them to go down that type of road. And that's another mission of mine. Try to provide them with opportunities or give them, you know, at least a vision for opportunities and let them know what, what lies ahead if you really want to go down that road. Because it's waiting. And I'm, and I'm honest. I don't sugarcoat. When some need to hear it, they're going to hear it when it comes to their life. What's you know important, what I mean? right? It's important. What's yeah. important? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to tell you this is either life or death. Yeah. The way you're going, you're either going to go this way, you're never coming back, or you're going to come back and it's going to be an uphill mm-hmm. battle. Or you could take this route. And I know you like this route, but you're trying to be on this route for no reason. And it's peer pressure or it's the community, whatever it is. It's TikTok, it's it, whatever. Whatever people watching on the web, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, the culture. And whatever, you're, whatever you want, you know, you can have if you, if you do it. Do it right. Well, I mean, I think, I think it's clear that uh that you're doing the right thing out there by those kids um i am curious however just kind of getting back to you a little bit um what's your goals where 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 do you want to see all this go or is this what you want and you just want to keep at it man i want to see i want to see this sustainable with the whole community involved try to involve everybody that wants to be involved the right way um who's genuine about helping because it makes a difference it's not many, but we have a lot of support. It's a lot of work. Um, you know, we, we really, we were definitely uh, proponents for the rec center coming back to Amsterdam as, as wishful thinking foundation members mm-hmm. involved and, you know, sp- and the ideas and the 
and the vision of the city coming together and making it happen is, you know, grateful. It shows that we're growing for sustainability in the community and have opportunities for kids to do things. You know, it's a, it's a small town, but it's, it's a lot of, a lot of children out here that, you know, need to be involved in things, have opportunities to be involved in things. That's what we provide on, on our end. And what, what do you do? I mean, what are the artistic expressions in your life? What, what, what are those things that you latch on to personally? I just vision, I, I'm a visionary person, man. I see things like I like, I like cars. I like old Chevys. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to restore 64 Chevelle. Hey, okay. I have it in my, you know, when you're, when you watch those, like I watch car shows growing up and when you see the guy draw the picture and then they work on it and do it, that's cool. You know, that's what started my, that started my visions type of stuff in life. Like seeing something come to fruition. So I used to paint bikes and, you know, fix up things and do yard work and design stuff. It was therapeutic. And also seeing it there is, is soothing. I like nice looking at nice things, you know, <laughs> and creating something out of nothing and, and doing it. I don't think I've ever heard anyone sort of define themselves artistically as a visionary. And then you just do it so, so eloquently. Like, I, I don't even want to give you shit for it. That's <laughs> I'm, really cool. I'm painting a vision. Yeah. You know, you, you paint pictures or, you know, I paint, I'll paint a vision. Like, yo, I want, I want to, I want to help make the basketball courts at veterans feel better. I think if we get the community, I'm painting the vision, I think, you know, of some things. If I get my teammates involved and get the community involved and get support, we can make this happen. And then it starts to get painted. And now it's done. It's painted. And it's satisfying to see it, see kids playing every day on it and community members on it. And they could be somewhere else playing on a nice, colorful basketball court, staying out of the way and out of trouble. They could be doing something else instead of playing ball. Not to you know, drag anything down, but I'm curious. You, you talk a lot about the wins, about the successes, about the things that went really well. Are there examples of these visions that you've created that maybe didn't come to fruition that, or maybe just haven't yet? The rec center. We're, we're at, at a clubhouse. We're trying to work on getting a rec, uh, our own gym build in the back of our, our building where we provide other activities and things for the neighborhood. And that's a vision we've been working on. It's the parking lot you parked in. Oh, sure, sure, visit. yeah. That's supposed to be the free throw line in three, four years. That's the mm -hmm. vision. When, you, when I seen your car there, I said, he's, he's parked on the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> I see the building there already. When people look at old, desolated buildings, I look at them brand new. I don't look at them like they are. Yeah, and I mean... I look at, every, I look at things from beauty to, to where it is. You know what I mean? And Amsterdam definitely you don't have has vision, a lot of buildings that are pretty decrepit. And that's okay. It'll change over time. But just when you see something that no one else sees and you hear the barriers they'll build, oh, man, you can't do that. Oh, man, that's hard. You know how long it's going to take? You know what you got to do? Those are barriers. And I really try to drive through them, you know? Uh, it's, important. it's important to to have clear goals and to strive to meet them regardless of what you're told, you know, by naysayers for sure. I want people to believe in, in me and believe in, you know, the people I work with and, you know, we're really making a difference trying to help we're painting pictures everywhere. I'm grateful. I love my job and I love what I do. It's rewarding as hell. I love to see people happy. 
you know, and that's it. Well, I mean, I think that is a perfect way to end our conversation. Thank you so much um, for talking to us. You know, we we have been talking about community a lot in, you know, this block of episodes that we've been recording over the summer here. Uh, it's kind of like the unifying theme of this part of the season. And personally, like, I'm just very grateful to have you come on and talk about the parts of, of community building that, um, that are, you know, meeting kids where they're at. I think that's really important. It is important to meet them where they are, not don't wait for them to come yeah. to you outreach, go out here and yo, man, when's the last time you pulled up on a, on a, on a group of teens? You'd be like, man, what's up brothers? How y'all doing? Jeez, never. <laughs> exactly. You'd be like, I don't know them. I'm out. But what could happen is the same kid that you just met, you know, and you said hello to and greeted with respect. Be the same kid when you see you again, gonna give you the same respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm always afraid of being called an old or something. <laughs> it's about respect, man. People, you know, I don't think people disrespect respect. Sure, sure. Well, you get much respect from us. And real quick, love, love here too. If there's anywhere that you want to send our listeners where they can donate or follow up on, you know. Uh, volunteer requests, anything like that, Facebook or Instagram, where, where can they go? Yes. They can go to wishful thinking foundation on Facebook and also creative connections clubhouse on Facebook, and Instagram. Um, you know, and we we're available um, always looking for volunteers or ideas for people to bring something to the table. You know, I think sometimes volunteers, not me telling somebody what to do, but somebody coming in with their own vision and needing support, you know, and we provide an outlet or, you know, help with making that happen by whether it's helping youth, helping you have youth get involved more, uh, building, building something bigger than what it is. So, so, yeah, you heard it here. I mean, if you have something that you would like to contribute, it sounds like Creative Connections Clubhouse might be an avenue for you to be a stronger part of your community. So check them out. And it sounds like, depending on where you are, if you live in New York State, there might be a branch somewhere near you. So I would say definitely check that out. And if there's a way to get involved locally and you're, you know, you're a far away listener. um, Yeah, definitely, definitely look them up. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you, John, for coming out and talking to us today. That was a great conversation. I really appreciated hearing all of your points of view. So those out there listening at home, you have your call to action, you know, go contribute your time and energy to a local clubhouse. And if you don't have a local clubhouse, you've got another program in your area that is dedicated to reaching out to kids and giving them a safe place to to be, um, you know, and stay out of trouble. And I bet you they would really appreciate your time and energies. Personally, I mean, if you have an audience participation you have for this week, I'd love to hear it. But personally, I'm okay if audience participation this week is a literal call to action go contribute an hour of your time and see how you feel and if it feels good do it again and if you've got kids that are that age that you're trying to you know keep in a good place and look into these programs they're they're around and they're really pivotal to 
giving our young people a place to be safe and uh, to grow. Peace. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating. And if you really like what you hear and you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash active listeners pod and become a patron. Our theme music, It's a Trap, was created by Remodel. Thanks for listening.